Hey, what's up, everybody? It's For All We Know podcast, and I have a very special guest in the building today, and it is my now wife. Woo! Does that does that feel weird to you? No. No. Okay. My now wife. Would you like to introduce yourself, ma'am? Oh, sure. Yes. Um, hi, I am Olivia Smith. Um, I am Kyle's wife and love of his life and the person he adores. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> How are you doing, babe? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for inviting me on your podcast. Well, you know, I, I feel like we had to. I feel like we had to have you on <laughs> because um, you also serve as number one supporter and Always. executive producer. Hey, yep. You gonna of have the me, show? Are you gonna have me in the rolling credits? I'm gonna be at the bottom of the. It's possible. Stream? Don't. Okay. Okay. Right. Just it's possible. Okay. But um, I wanted to have you on the show. We talked about this uh, for a long time because I wanted to talk about relationships and not necessarily just our relationship, but kind of just like how we both view love and how mm -hmm. we both view relationships. So um, I think it's important to start off with childhood, okay. right? So for those, for those of the people that don't know, mm -hmm. where did Olivia start go? Um, I feel like that's like a dun-dun. Right? Uh, um, so Olivia started in Long <laughs> Island. Um, okay. uh, and then she was she was born in Long Island, and then she was raised in Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. Left Brooklyn at 13, 14. Okay. Um, moved to Atlanta, Snellville, Brookwood. Hey, high school. Brookwood. <laughs> Gwinnett County. Mm -hmm. um, so that was a culture shock going from a city to the suburbs mm. of the South. Um and then I went to Valdosta for a year. Then I went to Georgia State, graduated from Georgia State, um, and I've lived here ever since. I did have I did contemplate moving back to New York, but really? it never really ended up happening. So Olivia started in Long Island, but um, I reside in Atlanta now. Okay, so I kind of wanted to stay with the childhood because we talk about relationships, we mm -hmm. talk about love we every everything like that um it starts in the home right yeah so what was like your your home life yeah what was your home <laughs> life like you know, well, like how did you how did relationships start you know like all that well i you already know this um but so i was raised my people my people in my household um mm -hmm. were my mom and my stepdad and my stepsisters and my two older sisters. Mm -hmm. So that would have been who consisted in my home. And then I also had my dad. He was in my life okay. as a child. Um, but my in-home uh, father figure was my stepfather. And mm -hmm. then I would spend the weekends with my dad, like Friday to Sunday. I would spend um, the weekends. And he, he actually influenced a lot of my creative side because he took me to a lot of Broadway plays, mm. a lot of musicals. Okay. I got cut off from Phantom, Phantom of the Opera very early in life because I wanted to see it like four times. Wow. Um, so I had a balance there, but I guess the relationship that I grew up seeing would have been my mom and my stepdad because I met my stepdad at seven. So okay. I've known him and my stepsisters since right. that time. Mm -hmm. um, and then I guess it would have been the dynamic of my mom and my dad being divorced and what that looked like. Um, so those would have been my, my relationships. And I think now as an adult, 
um, one of the relationships that I didn't realize until I got older really stuck with me was my godmother, who was also my aunt, Aunt Rowena, you, mm-hmm. you know, um, and Love Uncle Aunt Bill. Rose. Shout out to Aunt Rowena. Shout out to Aunt and Uncle Bill. Mm-hmm. Um, there are another relationship within my um, childhood that I didn't realize would be part of my foundation until I was older. Like, I've spent so much time with them. They've been together pretty much my whole life, as, wow. as far back as I can yeah. remember. I remember Uncle Bill. So I think that for me, it wasn't until I really was in my formative years, in my late 20s, really mm-hmm. dating, and then my mom passed and all of that, and, like, really hooking into my aunt and my uncle at the time and really realizing, like, oh, my gosh, they're the one couple that I have in my life that has been together my entire life. Right. And, like, really leaning on my aunt to be like, okay, so how does that work? And, like, asking her, like, you know, what are the tools and advice you can give me as I'm dating and looking for my future husband? Mm-hmm. And then kind of when we started to get serious, I would ask her, like, okay, well, what advice can you give me to make something she work? She would give you advice. And she would give me advice. Really? Yeah. She That's would. something new. She would. She I, would give I me advice. I think I, one time I remember, I mean, I guess this is skipping a couple questions, but mm-hmm. one time I remember asking her, um, you know, or saying something to her, like, I'll have to explain to my kids, you know, how to make a relationship work. I was like, I just, I don't know how to make a relationship work. I didn't really have a lot of foundation in that. I mean, my mom and my stepdad made it work until they didn't. And then, mm-hmm. you know, it's always, my dad's been married three times now. This is my, okay. his wife now is now my, his third wife. Right. Um, so she said to me, she looked at me in my face and she said, but you're going to make it work. So you'll be able to teach them how to make it work. Mm. And it didn't, that resonated with me even to this day because I was just I always was in the mindset of like I just don't know I don't know I don't have any examples yeah. I was, she would give me advice but I'm still like navigating on it my own and I was just always worried about like my kids like how do I teach them what to look for and how to be in a good relationship and everything and at this point I was saying this to her when you and I were getting serious like how do I navigate that and she said but you're gonna make it work y'all were gonna make it work so you'll be able to show your children what it right. should be and so yeah so that kind of stuck with me ever since then so i kind of live to embody that if mm-hmm. that makes sense so you definitely had uncle bill and Aunt yeah. and then you also had um your mom and your my stepdad, stepdad. Mm-hmm. and what were the some of the earlier things that you would see that kind of gave you an idea like oh okay I want to start doing this. Like when I have a relationship, these are the things that I, yeah, I should do. What were some of those things? Well, with Uncle Bill and Aunt Rowena, they were just always so in sync. Mm. Um, and Uncle Bill was just so good with me for someone who I met him as my uncle, right. but like you know, he married into the family, so he just took me on as his own. So mm. that I always felt like you know I could always lean on him in that way. Um, but with my mom and my stepdad, they just taught me, like, they showed me what real love could be. Mm-hmm. Um, so my parents, my mom's West Indian. She's from Kingston. Mm-hmm. She moved here when she was seven. So I feel like she's very Americanized or she was very Americanized. But um, she's very, uh, I grew up in a West Indian household. So my stepdad is also, was also Jamaican mm-hmm. and was from Kingston. Or, I'm sorry, Clarendon. That's where he was from. Right. And so I grew up in a very strong Jamaican West Indian household. And I feel like the way they loved was so kind of unique in them in their own, in that culture and very Mm -hmm. grounded in that culture. So it was a lot of, I had a very balanced upbringing in the sense of watching my mother be this independent, professional, successful woman, Mm -hmm. and then also being a caretaker and a wife and a nurturer and a mother at the house. And so... 
I and how she treated my stepfather and then kind of demanded that same respect from me and my sisters. Like mm-hmm. there was just an understanding you don't talk to Dennis a certain way. Like you should appreciate him for yeah. what he does for you. He tries to be a father figure for you guys. You, there's just you, there was a an understanding that we should respect this person. Mm-hmm. And not only did he love us and treat us with respect too, so that also helped benefit that relationship, but um I really just watched them be in love and kind of just love each other in that kind of sweet, caring way. Dennis was very much the man's man, handyman around the house, fix something. Um, If you needed something broken, if something was broken, then you needed a fix, he could fix it. Very man's man. Mm -hmm. My mom would make him a plate every time he would eat, put his food away in the microwave. You could never eat Dennis's food. If you ate Dennis's food, that's a no-no. That's your head. So it's just... It was very rooted in those kinds of beliefs of family, of love, of respect, of head of the household, those things. But also, I think it had parts of the American culture where, and not just American, Jamaican culture too has very strong, independent women. But I think it was a balance of my mom being that person, of being a strong, independent woman. She was a midwife. She was a nurse. She was a professor. She was Brandy's midwife. She was so many things Mm -hmm. that I think that but she never used she never had her success outshine or overshine her husband in gotcha. a way if that makes sense do you feel sense. like she diminished like she tried to like not like diminished her shine yeah. for him do you think so no because i think that where that could have happened dennis bound, like kind of dismissed that and balanced it out to like encourage her and he actually loved her shine mm-hmm. so it's never that she diminished it and like made it quiet for him she always just you know, somewhat played her role to a certain extent of like, if Dennis said no to something, that was no. That was it. Yeah. it wasn't, even if we could afford to go, say we want to go on a trip to Florida, family trip, and Dennis like, no, we're not going, blah, blah, blah. She'd be like, all right, we're not going. Even if she could afford to pay for it her own. But there would be times where she's she would then have that conversation. I'm like, nah, come on, let's go. I could, I already knew like, now in my older age, I can look back at my youth and see like the times where she had to like talk to him and kind of like convince him of things. But that's a balance of a relationship. Yeah. So, no, I don't think he ever, I think he really loved how much, he used to call her Gracie, so it was like how much her, his Gracie used to shine. Okay. Well, that's good. That's important because, you know, then you have all the insecurity and stuff mm-hmm. in a relationship that you don't want. With with me, yeah. it was more of a, like, you know, my, my mom and dad, as you know, they were mm-hmm. split up when, I think shortly after I was born. And then we yeah. moved to California, and then my mom got remarried. And that relationship, I, I think um, I'm going to start saying that my mom and my stepdad, because he did raise me too, they raised me indirectly. So, okay. like, I would, you know how a lot of times people, parents would be like, because I said so? Yeah. And that's it? Mm-hmm. Like, there's no explanation? A lot of people will say, oh, I don't, you know, I don't like that because they should explain their kids. Like, nah, I saw a lot of things. And my mom had me do a lot of things. My stepdad had me do a lot of things yeah. that would grow with me mm. later on. Yeah. But, you know, we can get to that. But as far as their relationship, I never saw them fight. Mm. Even if they did, I've never seen them fight. Um, maybe a little disagreement, but never nothing to the point where it was like toxic or anything. Yeah. But the the way they loved each other was what I saw. Yeah. They were a team. Yeah. You know, and like when we would have sporting events, you know, my mom have the shirt. Yes. Like, stepdad would coach. Like it was very. 
it was kind of like a quintessential black household. Yeah. Um, you know, my stepdad worked the graveyard shift. My mom was a teacher. And, you know, we had the same thing where, like, she she would make dinner or we would make dinner and put that plate in the microwave. Yeah. Because, you know, he when he wakes up. He's going to be hungry. He, he's going to be hungry yeah. and he got to go to work and somebody ate that. It would be over for you. Yeah, uh, but I think that they did a, a really good job of showing me what a relationship was really like. Yeah. Now, whether I wanted to take that with me in my early ages yeah. or, or not is completely up to me because there is a point, of, of course, where I didn't. Mm-hmm. But now looking back, yeah. I was like, that's, I, I get it now. I see it now. But that's also it. It comes with time. I feel yeah. like in your immaturity. early, yeah, immaturity when you're when you're in high school. Then when you what merge into the twenties, mm-hmm. and now you're early twenties. It doesn't mean that people shouldn't marry or couple up in their early twenties. I'm totally for love. If you're in love and it works and it's where you want to be, then be there. Mm-hmm. But I feel like most and majority of young people in their early twenties are trying to navigate not only their personal identity, mm-hmm. but the relationships that they have, friendships, and then whatever your significant other situation preference is. And then also money, career, life, living on your own, bills. You know, you're kind of thrusted into this adulthood. Mm -hmm. Um, Or you're living a life of being sheltered, and then when eventually you get thrusted into adulthood, it's a wake-up call. So I feel like most people, it's okay if you're not taking all the examples of real love and commitment in in your early 20s because... You're you still trying to navigate out. who you are. You gotta figure it out. <laughs> you so, have no clue. so with that being said, we gotta we gotta <laughs> scam a little bit because we could sit here all day and talk about first dates and yeah. all that stuff. But let's let's go to maybe like your your twenties when you when maybe like your first relationship. What was that what was that like? What were your expectations? Did you have a checklist? Like, you know, when you finally got in that that relationship. Like, what was it? So, in my early 20s, I did date. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was. it was at the time of a lot of situationships. I wasn't in a relationship until maybe my mid-20s. Mm-hmm. And even into, like, kind of, like, my early, late 20s. And those relationships, I will say, like, leading up to it, I first, I didn't have a list. Like, if you caught me at 21, I was more interested in working, making money, graduating college, mm-hmm. start finding an actual job yeah. in my career path because I went to media. All the things that you should be. So stressed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I really was, I was just partying and hanging out with my friends mm-hmm. and trying to get a real job and a career. Um, so when I got into those kinds of relationships um, or into a relationship, by that point, when I was in my early, late 20s, I... Don't think I really had a super long checklist. I did have a checklist at that point. Mm-hmm. I was just looking for someone who was somewhat successful, you know, had a job, had a career path in mind, whether they were in it or working towards it, just something where you were trying to get yourself steady and grounded. Um, someone who was nice, someone who was kind, someone who carried themselves in a very confident <coughs> way. Excuse me. Oh, you okay? Mm-hmm. Um, someone who was confident. Um I tend to be, like, I like to dress up. I like to be snazzy every once in a while. You do. You do. I do. So I was dating a lot of guys who were very snazzy and, like, showy. Ah, okay. Flashy young men. Um, But one of the relationships that I ended up in was was more of a situationship because we were never really official. But I have to say that relationship 
was probably the most respect I got in a relationship in my early, in my mid-20s. Okay. And it was very funny because when I look back on it, we weren't officially in a relationship, but I met his mom and he wanted me to meet his family. Wow. And I was in, I was like ingrained in, not ingrained, but becoming part of that that family. And I was just asking him like, you know, why can't we be together? You know, you go through those things, especially as the women out there. I know that you understand that. Like, why I'm doing everything, I'm being brought in like I'm a girlfriend, but I'm not your girlfriend. Mm. And so that was really hard for me to understand. But I later got into another relation, into an actual relationship. Mm. And it wasn't a great relationship. It was super toxic. I was officially that person's girlfriend, but it was up and down. It was here or there. There were other women. I'm emotionally unstable because I lost my mom. Like, it's just, it was too much. And he wasn't. He wasn't emotionally stable enough to support me in the way that I needed. Mm. But at 27, I don't think that he himself was in an emotional place where he could support himself. So I don't have any, I don't hold any will against anyone because I feel like we all, we all show up with the, yeah, we all show up with the tools that we have. Mm. So I think that after that relationship and everything that I had gone through, um, I, and then I moved up in my career, so I got a promotion. And so at that point, I was just more like navigating career and really just enjoying being young and single and living my life and navigating grief and doing all of those things. So then when when we got to the pandemic, <laughs> um, and I'm, what, 28 at the mm-hmm. time, I was kind of coming down. I was kind of at that woo-saw, like that, oh, okay. Yeah. I guess I'm ready for true adulthood. I guess I'm ready to kind of like, Settle down, I guess. Right. I can, it was kind of like a calming moment. I had done the partying again. I had done the being a grown woman with my money, going out to the bars, going out to drinks, right. and da-da-da, in the tiny outfits with my girls again, living my best life, healing, really like focusing on myself and what I wanted. And so I think when we went into the pandemic and then I met you, mm-hmm. and it was more virtual in the beginning. Um, yes, it was. It was super virtual. Um I was more grounded in sound. So I think that that's why I was able to, like my energy matched with yours. Mm. Cause it's almost like the pandemic kind of humbled you a little bit, right? A little bit, like the pandemic, of course I didn't go out the house. So it had that part of it, but it was, it was, I would say February of 2020. I really, I had, I remember it cause I went to Super Bowl. Super Bowl was a crazy night with my friends. Absolutely insane. Um, a lot of crazy things, a lot of crazy drama happened, but after that, I really was just, and I think it was a crazy night because I just, in my mind, was just like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I just don't, I don't need to do this. I don't need to turn up. I don't want to get wild. I don't want to be around wild people. Mm-hmm. I just don't need to be like this or be around this energy anymore. Yeah. And so it just happened that as I was in February where I'm kind of like, eh, oh, I'm good. I can just yeah. sit and chill. Then next, you know, March, they're like, crazy virus. Work's shutting down. We're bringing all my team out yep. from the field. Like it was just like slowly got to a point where by the time I met you in April, we weren't leaving the house. So it worked out where my chill moment had for kind of had no point. I had no other choice but to chill. Nobody, nobody had a choice. Well, I mean, people were life. still out at the club. Okay, this is very true. But it's interesting that you said like you had a moment where you're like, I don't want to do this anymore mm-hmm. because with me, and I feel like sometimes it may be backwards with men and women with me, that hit me a long time mm-hmm. ago. Like that hit me maybe, I would say, well, go to go back a little bit, I was in the clubs all the time. I know people that meet me now and I'm like so chill. Mm-hmm. There's a reason for that because I was in the clubs so much. 
Like I'm talking Thursday, yeah. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And it was to the point where I was doing it so much. When I turned 21, I didn't want to do it no yeah. more. Like, yeah. And I stopped going to the clubs really around 21, 22. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while. But like I, I would be in there and... We've talked about this before. Like sometimes, like if you're drinking with your friends, you're having a good time, and then you you're in the club, and then that drink wears off, mm-hmm. and you're just like, I'm ready, I'm to, ready go. to go home. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I had that, but you know, I I wanted a serious relationship. I would say maybe around 25 or so, okay. but like even before that, you were waiting for me. I was waiting for you, clearly. clearly. But even before that, my criteria for women were, is she cute? Like, is, is she cute? But, I mean, basically, when you're a young, when you're a young uh, black man out here, you know, that's, <laughs> you don't have as much of a criteria, but you should. But, you know, as I got older, obviously, it increased. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I just wanted to uh, find somebody mm-hmm. that, you know, had more than just a, a club dress. Yeah. You know? I mean, but you did find women because you did have, you do have exes and you do have a long relationship previous, previous yeah. to me. Mm-hmm. So you did find those relationships right. um, and that connection mm-hmm. and that longevity in a relationship that you were looking for. Yeah. But of course it wasn't me. <laughs> I can toot my own horn. Toot toot. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that, that hit me um, a lot sooner I would say but like like you're going to the pandemic after after my long mm-hmm. relationship that I had took a, I took a year off I didn't really yeah. want to date anybody seriously and then the next year I was like all right cool I'm ready yeah and then I had that year on Bumble the year of Bumble Bumble shout out shout out to Bumble because even though you had a year on Bumble <laughs> and you may have had some duds yes I did. we met on we Bumble. met on Bumble so yes. obviously it wasn't all bad right all right but that year on Bumble, and I and we've talked about this. That was the most I've ever dated in my life, mm-hmm. and that's the longest I've ever been single. Mm. Like I was single for two years, and I would always just be hopping from relationship to relationship, mm. you know. And I don't know if that's something to be said too, but um, you know, it it was. I learned the most about myself. Farrakhan said you you learn the most about yourself when you date a woman mm-hmm. because everything that she's that you say you are she gonna make you prove mm-hmm. so i learned a lot about myself because i hadn't been single in almost five years yeah so you know learning what 25 year old kyle was, mm-hmm. was doing versus 30 year old like it was just a it's just a big difference but um but yeah then then the pandemic and it kind of forced everybody to and Mm-hmm. slow down or whatever and then you have um <laughs> then you have the beeline beeline yeah, and and shout out to tina yeah. christina green <laughs> and then we met yeah so it was a it was an interesting meet it i'll was. say that because you played too much um i played too much apparently <laughs> and my mom has always told me that you but did it almost you cost almost me, got blocked it almost cost me uh this interaction right yes. here many more yes because i uh Oh my god. For those of y'all that don't know, I played when I got oh, Liv's nice. number, I I played uh like I was somebody else when I hit her up and like straight um, out the gate first text message. Yeah. You're like, hey Olivia. I say, Hey Kyle, how are you? Because I'm just assuming that this is you because I'm not talking to anyone else. Right. 
and you go, I don't know who that is. My name is Brandon. Like, Brandon? So I'm, like, <laughs> texting my other best friend, yeah. Ebony. Shout out to Ebony. Um, and I'm like, girl, I'm waiting for my husband to text me. And, and I don't know who this young man here. is. I don't know. I'm going to have to clean house. I'm going to have to race these numbers. I'm going to have to change my line. Like, this right. is not okay. Um, and then I asked you for a photo. And what I sent? And you sent a baby picture. That's good. That's good is comedy. Is it good? That's good comedy. We're not in the office. Like, That's this is comedy, not, <laughs> that Look, was not okay. Was that's how they were going. Yes. Yeah, so, I was, and I did say to you, what am I, I, you think I can remember you from a baby picture? Yeah. And I, at that moment, I was, oh, I was like, okay, I'm going to have to block this man. Like, I don't know who this is. Like, he's interrupting my energy right now. I'm waiting for my future Hating husband to text me. I'm waiting for Kyle to text me. And I think you felt the energy because the next thing you were like, no, 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 no. I was just joking. I was just you joking. You have to fill it out. You got you to fill it out because if you don't, then, yeah. I knew I was. I knew it was coming, so I had to be like, "Ooh, before before I had to, yeah, play oh, too mess. much." But anyways, you know, fast forward. You know, we start dating. Uh, we we meet finally because mm-hmm. we had to feel comfortable meeting because it was like at the height of the pandemic. It was. Um, we meet finally. Uh, start going out, having fun. Mm-hmm. Um, well, don't make it sound like we was out clubbing during the pandemic. No, we like we, we went to like, the drive-in. Drive-in, yeah. We did a lot of virtual dates. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is possible to meet someone and date them virtually. Yeah. Uh, what was the movie we watched? Parasite, and I was freaked out. <laughs> and then I, you kept wanting to send me Uber Eats to my house, and I kept telling you, no, I'm not giving you my address. Because you could have been a serial killer or a murderer. Mm-hmm. So... Um, we watched the movie together, and then I think our first official date was the drive-in, and we went and saw Bad Boys 2, mm-hmm. which wasn't that good, but okay. Um, and we had Taco Tees, and that's the first time I really saw your appetite, because you ordered mad tacos. Seven tacos. Shout out Taco Tees. Mad tacos. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were really good. Yeah. As our first time having them. But that was after, because my timeline's all over the place. We saw Parasite. We went on that walk, mm-hmm. and then we went to the drive-in. Yeah. So, we we obviously can't pinpoint everything in our relationship because we'd be here all day forever. But, but on the relationship episode, I guess we could talk more about you know going back to that list mm-hmm. and how did that play with you? Because I would say when I met you, I had hopes for what I wanted for a good husband and mm-hmm. a good like significant other. But it's a pandemic and the world is coming to an end, supposedly. And so I'm like, I'll just be lucky to have a guy who I can talk to through the whole the whole thing. So that was your checklist? No, I'm not done with my checklist. So I knew I always wanted to be married. I Mm -hmm. knew I wanted to have children. I knew I wanted someone I could share and build a home with. And I remember one of our first conversations being, you know, you do the, so what are you looking for? And so you were like, I'm, you know, I'm looking for someone nice that I can, you know, eventually be in a relationship with. That's where I am at this point. Uh, you're like, I'm ready to settle down, et cetera. I was like, okay, great. I was like, well, I want to be married. Mm-hmm. And you were, you said, and I said, okay, so do you want to be married? And I remember what you I saying, said. you, I remember you saying you do not want to be married. You're not interested in being married. And I said, okay, well, what does that mean? Because I want to be married. Mm-hmm. And at that moment, I'm like, he better answer this question right because I'm right. about to cut it off. Actually. You said, I told you I didn't need to be married. I said, that's just something. That's kind of something I've always had. Eventually, like, when I got a little older, I was like, okay, you know, marriage is great, but I don't need, I used to say this, 
I don't need a piece of paper to tell me that, you know, I want to spend the rest mm-hmm. of my life with somebody. That's I think exactly that was probably my tagline. That's yeah, exactly so, what she said. Um, but I said, if, because we were speaking in general terms because it was early, if the girl that I want to be with wants to get married, what I say? Then I'm willing to get married. I say we getting married. And in my mind, I was thinking, yeah, okay, you better fix that too, because uh, I want to be married, so if you're not trying to marry me, this is only a step of conversation. Right, right. You did. So. And I was uh, like, I want to have kids. Because your thing was you wanted to have kids. I did. Mm-hmm. You didn't want to be an old dad. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, I'm four years younger than you. Wow, okay. Is that true? Yeah, it is true. I was going to say, I was like, maybe it's yeah, two, but it's Yeah, four. say that all on the air. Okay, no, that's fine. That's fine. It's okay because, you know, I'm your young thing. Okay. Ow, you know? Okay. But I only say that to say, for me, at the time, kids was not in my forefront. I'm like, I want kids, but it was just not in my forefront. Right. So that kind of changed my thinking in relationships, too, in our dynamic because my mom had me at 40. So to true. give you perspective, I really was impressed to have children mm-hmm. at 20. 829 I was just like eh, my eggs will still be good at least by 31 we can figure it out then right. um so when you were really saying I'm interested I want to have kids like I want to find somebody that I can live my life with I don't need to be married but I do want to have children I really kind of not countered that but kind of checkmate you and say I want to have kids too but I want to be married mm-hmm. when we have children and so you did reassure me and you did give me yeah, that yeah. That's that promise of or confirmation that you had an interest of being married. And I think I was able to articulate a checklist item or mm-hmm. a standard that I had where I wanted to be married. And that's where the blueprint came The blueprint. Play. Yes, What's the yes. Blueprint, okay, so for those of you who don't have not heard me tell the story, <laughs> but I've told the story to a lot of people. Um, so we went on a trip in june i will not say the location and i will not say what when or where we went but um we did take a trip it was a little road trip Mm -hmm. and on the way to wherever we were going i pulled out a sheet of paper and i broke it down by year this is to show you my personality Mm -hmm. um and i kind of just started asking you questions because you were driving and i'm like okay so it was 2020 Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, so by the end of 2020, where do you see us? Okay, in 2021, where do you see us? And then I think I really asked you, so when do you want to have kids? And then we timed that out, and then we worked it back because I told you I wanted to be married. She's a planner. If you you haven't figured that out yet, she's a planner. I was like, okay, so if you want to have kids by 31 or 32, we have to do this. Or I was like, if you want to have kids by 34, Mm -hmm. then we're going to have to have marriage by two years before that. Because, you know, it takes nine months to have a baby. And then I was just really, really planning this out and writing this down on a sheet of paper. Breakdown. So I think it said by the end of 2020, we would be engaged. It did. By 2021, the year of 2021, we would get married. Mm Mm-hmm. And then by the end of 2021, I think we would start a family. And I, then that would, so. and then we'd, we'd also buy a house in 2021. Yep, that was true. And then by 2021 or 2022, we'd start a family because mm-hmm. we would have been married by then. So I think that's the timeline. It was 2020, so. yeah. 2020, early 2021 mm-hmm. engagement, 2021 house, marriage. And then 2022 was like kids. Yeah. We're a little behind on the kids thing. A little but bit, but it's okay. I think the timeline so, has really actually worked out. It's worked out very well. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, How'd you feel well. with me bombarding you with that? Like, I'm really, like, on the dashboard, writing out. Well, at that point, everything was clicking with us. Yeah, right? and we had, we were, it was only June. It was only April. June, but everything was clicking with us. And, you know, yes, we were getting to know each other, but we were already having those kind of conversations. Yeah very early yeah we're. so even before you prior to you whipping out that piece of paper yeah we were already having those conversations mm-hmm. so it wasn't really a like jarring thing like oh man she for real i was for real too because i would have <laughs> never brought it up yeah we were having those initial conversations if i wasn't but um it's whether women know it or not if a man is serious about you it's reassuring mm-hmm. when she's giving you the same type of like, for lack of better words, energy mm-hmm. that you're giving her about being serious. Yeah. Because one thing that I learned when I was out here dating the year before we met was that I was a lot more serious than the girls mm-hmm. I was dating. They were out here kind of just out here just have a good time yeah. where I wanted something more, more serious in mm-hmm. life. So, and I, and I would, like, stop messaging, messaging them or talking to them because of it. Yeah. So it didn't really, like, I wasn't really like, uh-oh, she going to make me, like, really prove this stuff. Like, I was like, okay, cool. We on the same page. Yeah. Because that's what I'm here for. I'm yeah. Not, I'm, not, I'm not here for a, a, a good time. You're here for you know? a long time. Oh, I knew you was going to Ha-ha! But, but, yeah, so, it, yeah, it didn't really do anything to me. But what we have the blueprint. Okay. Right? And now that we're married... Mm-hmm. How does it feel that everything, one, everything is, like, somewhat going according to the, yeah. to the blueprint, but also, like, just being married in itself because, like, we essentially did what we said we were going to do. Yeah. Um, a lot of facets, so. It doesn't, I mean, being married, at least, okay, I'll speak from what I've, as a woman, mm-hmm. and then I'll speak to, like, the woman who's married to you, like, my personality oh, oh, as like married oh, to you. Boy. And I think that as a woman, mm-hmm. it was a little, not jarring, because jarring gets such a negative connotation, but like it was shocking or something. It was like a new skin or a new coat that I'm putting on that I'm like, hmm, mm-hmm. I always wanted this coat. I've dreamed about this coat. I've and always wanted to be a wife. I yeah. always wanted these, this surreal. marriage, this wedding. <laughs> and so now to finally be standing in it, and especially as a woman, you you see a lot of relationships that don't work. You see a lot of relationships where people don't get married. Mm-hmm. People just together forever. Um, and sometimes that works for them. But yeah. for me, I always wanted marriage and I just didn't have a lot of great examples of marriage. Mm. And so to to be married to you, is at first, it was very like, I'm really excited about this, but... Yeah. How does this really work? Like, it's getting into a new car. I'm like, okay, where are all the new buttons? Like, how do, what do I do? It's exciting to have the new yeah, car. Like, That's actually a really good analogy. <laughs> I'm, and I want to press the button, but I'm like, I don't know what this button does. Mm-hmm. So it's very exciting. And then I think specifically the model of car that I got is you. And you know what I mean? Okay. Like, to, what model doing, car am I? Um, I would say a Porsche. Because you like your, your Porsche, your classic. Mm-hmm. You can do anything at a Porsche. I'm clearly, clearly, yes, because you're very like. Oh man, that sounds that classic is another word for old. No, you're classic because I feel like you're very grounded and confident in who you are. You carry yourself in a very knowing way, and I feel like you're very respectful. You're actually like very old gentleman kind of way, not old gentleman in age, old okay, gentleman okay. like 
chivalry, that's and that's why I say you're classic. That's my mom and yeah, my stepdad. Dad. Yeah, like I don't mean classic in like oh you're an old person. I mean mm-hmm. classic in a way where it's very refreshing because you are very chivalrous. You yeah. do care. You are very considerate. You hold the door open for everybody. You open my door constantly. You will pay for everything. You know, it's just. It's just a different dynamic that you don't see every day. Mm-hmm. Um, very distinguished gentleman. That's why I say Porsche. Okay. So, um, so I would say being your wife, what my my point to bring that up is that I'm in love with the car. I'm in love with every aspect of the car, all the model, all the buttons, all of it. Like I want to mm-hmm. learn the car. I want to be taught what's under the. I want every. I want to know everything about the car. So I think that with you, it makes it. But I have a familiarity with the car. Like, I've known this car. I've looked into this car. I've gotten right. to know this car. So I feel comfortable driving this car. And I feel like when I say that, I mean, with you and I, we took the time to have all the hard conversations. Yes, we, we did. All we, all we had was oh my gosh. conversations and we all we had was time. Yeah. We couldn't go nowhere. We couldn't, we couldn't do anything but talk. Remember, we used to always tell people we our relationship was in reverse. Yes, it really was. Because we... We're forced to stay inside. It was like everyday life, very like in the beginning. Yeah. And then when the world started opening up, then we started going out. Yeah. And then I, you had to learn the <clears throat> dynamics of each other with their mm-hmm. friends and things like that. Yeah. So I say, like, as a woman, it was very like, oh, I don't like this is new. I always, and it's something that I always wanted, but I never thought I would, I never thought I would get it. Not saying that I wouldn't get married or I had hopes that I would, mm-hmm. but it's in this day and age. You never know if you're going to actually end up getting married. You never know if you're going to meet your special person. You could meet somebody and marry them. It doesn't you mean. You definitely meet somebody. Yeah. So There's somebody out there. So then to then meet my person, it was just, it's, it's like very reassuring. I feel mm-hmm. very comfortable. I feel very happy. And I feel like I get to be the wife that I always wanted to be. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like my, my hopes and my plans and my dreams have changed. Like I didn't meet somebody who I have to now adapt to what they want. I met somebody who we align. Yeah. So it works out really, really well. I have. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So there is something that I think uh, a lot of people should know. It's 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 a little different, and we had to experience it, but we had to also had to like overcome it. Was um, when we got engaged. Yeah. You had to leave. Yes. And you left for you were gone for two months. Yes. And that was that was a little difficult for us. Well, it wasn't difficult. We just we kind of reverted back to the pandemic. Pandemic, like yeah. we couldn't see each other for two months. It was so and hard. Yeah, oh my goodness, it was, it was um, so hard. Because okay, so for more context for mm-hmm. the audience, um, in my job I had to travel at the time, and we got engaged in January, and I had to leave in March, and I was a I worked for. Um, a production company that used to that follows trials so when i left to help set everything up i told you i was only going for a week i only packed a bag for a week and we had the engagement party in april that was the plan went out there for a week stayed two months so having to have that conversation with you which is also a hard conversation to have where you know i'm coming to you and i'm saying babe i have to stay out here It's for my job. It's for my career. It's for the network. It's for my team that I'm managing. It's I have to stay out here. And I know that that's not what we planned. And I know you're worried about my safety because it was a very high profile trial. Mm -hmm. And I know there were a lot of concerns that you had, but I knew I had to come to you and really have that hard conversation. And I was scared because was I going to have to choose my career over my relationship Mm -hmm. or was I going to have to choose my relationship over my career? It was just a hard decision for me 
to bring to you and you were so supportive you were disappointed i did hear that in your voice but Mm -hmm. you you were just like we're gonna we're gonna make it work it's gonna be fine and there's lots of long nights falling asleep on facetime like and i know a lot of people can relate in this day and age where you know i'm on facetime you're on facetime we're doing other stuff we might might not even be talking but it was almost like you know, you were right there. Being in the living room yeah, together. Yeah, so that was, uh, you know, that worked too. And then like, oh, babe, I got to I gotta take this call. I got a meeting at this time. I'm like, all right, cool. And, you know, we kind of just, um, yeah, for two months we did that. You moved yourself into my apartment. Moved my, yeah. And you weren't even And there. I wasn't even there. So I missed that part of, like, moving in together until yeah. we got the house. Mm-hmm. So that was, uh, that was really tough, but I think it was also, like, a testament to our communication because our communication has it's always great. been really good. But I, I think that we, it's worth telling the story of our one big disagreement because if we were making it, it sound very wife. like we're the Partridge family. No, <laughs> and no not, not at all. No, and I feel like it's worth telling. Whose version you want to go with? You know, My what, version let's is go the with, true version. All right, let's go with yours then and I'll, I'll go ahead and interject when I can. Okay, so to set the tone. Mm-hmm. We met in March mm-hmm. 2020. Um, we spent so much time together. I would be at your house. You'd be at my house. And then we were getting to... The argument happened in in October. Mm-hmm. And just preface, we don't argue. We don't fight. We don't disagree. We'll disagree. And yeah. we'll have to talk it out and communicate. Mm-hmm. But we've never... This was probably the only argument I can say we had. It yeah. was really me just being upset. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, we get to October and... Um, I asked you something like, I had already told you how I wanted the engagement to go. Now, before you start, remember we had the blueprint. We had the blueprint okay. ready. So, and the plan was that by the end of 2020, mm-hmm. top of 2021, we had to be engaged for us to be able to get, like, move in together. Because I said, I want to be engaged before we move in together. And I wanted us to be married before we had kids. Those yeah. are my two, like, you don't get the milk from the cow for free, mm-hmm. quote unquote. So... We got to October, and you already knew, like, I, when we when you asked me to marry you, I don't want people around. I want it to be a private I moment. Plan, really. I don't want people around. They can be in another room, and then we can go in and be like, yeah, but I just did not. I wanted it to be me and you. Mm-hmm. And then by then, I kind of told you, like, the kind of rings that I liked, um, and I laid it all out. Screenshots and everything, but go ahead. <laughs> and so by October, I asked you something along the lines of, like, you know, I, we talk about the engagement on my side and, like, what I want the engagement to be and, like, how I vision it and how I see it. And I asked you something like, well, what do you want? And you were like, you're like, oh, I, I, you know, I want you to be happy. And I, I want kind of all the things you said is, like, have it be an intimate moment. I was like, okay, cool. I'm like, so, like, you have it all figured out? And you were like, I don't know. I'm like, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, so do you have a plan? So I can be very, like hello mm-hmm. and you were like i mean i guess i have a plan kind of and it set me off and i'm like what do you mean we don't have a plan because as a as a woman mm-hmm. as a young a young lady mm-hmm. who had poured time and emotion into what we had going on and had created this blueprint with you that i thought we were on the same page it was giving very lackadaisical energy that i had seen in my past relationships Uh-oh. red flag so i was super yeah. like hold on a second sir um you know that's to waste my time are we doing this or are we not doing this and i remember because we brought it up we kept talking about it and you kept being kept saying things like 
I, I, if I have a plan, I have a plan. Why do you need to know if I have a plan? Mm-hmm. And I am like, right. if you just say that you have a plan, then it reassures me we're on the same page. Doesn't mean that I know we're getting married or getting engaged for sure. It just means that we're both on the same page and working towards the same thing. Mm-hmm. But you would not give it to me. You would not give nope. it to me. So we kind of got into that disagreement. And in that moment, I have to say it was a lo- big growth. Big growth for mm-hmm. me. Because I remember having a moment and being like, okay, what am I arguing with him about? I'm really having like a moment with myself. Like, what are you fighting with him about? Like, what are you, what are you, if he has a plan and he doesn't have a plan, are you leaving tomorrow? And I was like, no, I'm not leaving him. And I was like, so then what you arguing about? Either he's going to marry you, he's not going to marry you. Clearly, you're not going nowhere. And I was just like, okay, fine. I'm going to have to, and, I'm, and I was really having that conversation with myself where it's like, I'm just, you just got to trust him and trust that he heard what you want and he hasn't disappointed you or, you know, let you down yet. He has not shown signs of that. So just, Let's see where this goes. You really, you really showing yourself right now, and you might not even get the ring. Would you acting like, like this? <laughs> you might not even get it. Showing out the way you showing out. Mm-hmm. So just calm down. And I remember I told you like I'm sorry. I think that was just a little a bit of insecurity and just being scared, and that I was just you know I wanted to just know that we were on the same page. I just mm-hmm. needed that reassurance, and I just did not go about it the right way. Fast forward, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> and we got engaged January 1st, 2021, mm-hmm. um, New Year's Day. And I remember asking you, I think it was that same day or the next day. Mm-hmm. And I was just, and I had no idea. G- complete surprise. Genuinely woke True, up from yeah. a nap and was told, let's go on a walk. And All I was right. like, okay, cool. <laughs> and I think I asked you the next day, like, so did you know that you were going to ask me in October when we were arguing about this? Like, when I was really mad? Mm-hmm. And you were like, yes, I already had the ring. And I'm like, oh. I, okay, now I'm going to take that. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. So, shout out to me. <laughs> shout out to myself for actually putting on the best, like, Denzel, Will Round Smith. Like, they don't have nothing on me because... <laughs> I put on the best performance of acting dumbfounded and not having a plan or anything. Yeah, you did plan. Mind you, I have been planning this for, I had had the ring for a month already. And I have been planning with my stepmom, with my, my mom had the ring. (laughs) And I have been planning this whole thing for about a month. And I had to act because I didn't want her to, to pick up on anything. I had to act like I didn't have a plan. And so, I was stressed. Shout out to me because obviously I stressed you out. I was stressed, ladies and gentlemen. And I didn't care. Stressed. Not even stressed. The funniest thing, though, is that I I was acting so good, but in the back of my mind, I was cracking up because I had to be serious. <sighs> I had to be like. I mean, you know, I, I, yeah, I know we talked about I'm it. Like I mean, crying. just let it happen. And I had to act. <laughs> I didn't care. That was, a, that was the one time I didn't care if she was crying. I was crying. I was like yelling. Because I was I didn't so want her. sad. I was like really sad. Yeah, I didn't want her to pick up on anything. I was like, you're just wasting my time. You didn't so, want to be with me. Yeah, man. But um, fast forward. Fast forward. I knew what I was doing. She just, and I, and I, and honestly, I was looking at her like, you'll be all right. You really, I. You'll be okay. Yes. So okay. So then we got engaged in January. Mm-hmm. We put a deposit on the house in February. Yep. We. Uh, that's twenty twenty one. Yeah. And so we had when I dis I not disappeared but I slowly kind of disappeared in March when I had to go to work, mm-hmm. and for two months 
had the engagement party in April, secured the venue in Jamaica mm -hmm. for the wedding, and sent the invitations out, moved into the house in July. Aired the blueprint, man. And hit all the dates in the blueprint. So how is, I know you talked about like, you know, the the new car analogy and how yeah. I'm a new car, but I have to say, at, from being a single man to a married man, mm -hmm. you've made a very easy transition. Oh, really? To be, to be honest with you, um, it's not, you just have to, I, I feel like I'm a very uh, considerate person anyways, mm -hmm. but it's, it's very easy because one of the things that I value about us is that we don't have the, um, the lack of individualist, like, Thing. You're still individual. Mm -hmm. You still like kick with your homegirls. You know, I'm still individual. I still have everything I do, like the yeah. homies. And, yeah. you know, I have, for all we know, I have, you know, things like that. So um, you do need to, for everybody out there, there is some compromise yes. in a relationship, yes. in there, especially in a marriage. And, you know, you have to, communication is not just a cliche. No. You really and have to. And it's hard. It's It's hard. And it's very but, vulnerable. You have to be vulnerable. And you have to know how somebody communicates. Yes. Because that's uh, that's difficult in itself. And we are not relationship gurus. We, you know, we are not perfect at all, but we know what works for us. And I think it's also, I think you said it, and I already had heard it before. I think Dr. Rowena said it to me. Mm -hmm. um, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? I just saw and, that tonight. Yeah, and I mm -hmm. think that that's, that's the biggest part in that works for us in our relationship. And I use that all the time because as someone who loves to be right, I mm -hmm. love to be right. I do too. Love it. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of times where we don't right have, yeah. it's not even worth even pushing that button. It's mm -hmm. not even worth making that statement. It's not even worth saying that, that next line or sentence because... That could just ruin the day. And now we yeah. don't want to go to the brewery. And now we don't want to go have yeah. beers and, and hang breweries. out. Yeah. So it's like, I feel like I, I think about that all the time because I, in my youth, in my early 20s in dating, I was very ego driven. I was very like, no, but you said this and you did that. And I'm holding you accountable and you blah, blah, blah. And I'm not giving this. And it was, it was always very, not I centric, but it was my worth. And it's like, I didn't want to be used or taken advantage of or, you know, all those things. And I think that I was be more defensive mm -hmm. about that just on just before they could even do anything. Right. And so I think that now with us, there's no I don't have that defense of like I gotta protect myself before mm -hmm. he hurts me. It was it, now it's just more like, okay. Exactly. Exactly. Sure. So as as now a married woman. Yes. Congratulations by the way. Thank you so much. Um you should pat yourself on the back. Okay. You got caught a real one. <laughs> um <laughs> what do you look forward to? Um, kids. Really? I look forward. I look forward to being a mom, mm -hmm. but I think it's going to sound so cliche, guys. And this is not, we did not write this. This is generally the truth. Mm -hmm. Um, I look forward to having your children. I look forward to giving you kids. If that sounds, if it sounds crazy, but. You giving them to me? But Where you know you what I mean? Like I, I feel, I feel really blessed to be the one to bear your children. And I'm very excited oh, to be the person nice. who bears mm -hmm. your children. So I think that like that's what I look forward to next is it's I do look forward to having the kids but I look forward to being the person who makes helps make you a father and I feel like because that's mm -hmm. a big part of I know who who you want to be and that next person that like the next identity that you like assimilate into who you are mm -hmm. um 
So that's probably what I look forward to the most. Boy, oh boy, these kids are about to be something now. They are going to be their own little personality. Kids, whenever you watch this, you something else. Because I know you will be. You can't help it with parents like us. mother's child. Why is it going to be just me? <laughs> um, do you have any, the quintessential, you know, question is, what are like the tips for these single, especially single black women? out here okay so single black women i will say that are aspiring because some women just want to be single i mean okay and live too. your life like yeah. do whatever rich auntie vibes like <laughs> you know do what you want to do um for young women who are dating i definitely say know your self-worth by yourself know mm. how to be single know how to be alone and be comfortable in those spaces because you don't want to end up in a relationship where you're desperately where your self-worth is wrapped up in a man mm. And I think that that's what happens with young women because you find yourself in these situationships and he won't commit, he won't make, he won't like post you, he won't say I'm in a relationship with you. And you're chasing this man down and doing the situationship because there's some type of yourself worth wrapped into it and you're trying to prove to this man that if, that if I get him to be my boyfriend, if I get him to be my husband, then I've, I'm, then I've you know, kind of won. Like, I've shown him that he's, that I'm everything he needs. Mm -hmm. You can't show nobody nothing. If they don't want it and it's in front of them, then they don't want it and they start a loss. So I would say for young black women, know your worth. Know how to be happy by yourself. Because all someone else is supposed to do is add to your life. They're not supposed to sustain your life. That's very, very true. Like, when you have people that are not happy and then they're happy in a relationship, that... If you're not happy within yourself, I, I value and I love the fact that I was happy yeah. when I met you and you were happy when you met me. Yeah. And then now we're just even more happy. Happy together. Right? Um, that's very, very important. But I think I would say to like single black man, mm-hmm. men out here, it's, it's a lot of, you know, trying to figure yourself out just mm-hmm. as a man in general but you have to have balance. Yeah. Right? You have to be you have to continue to be an individual and you have to be the um, the person that they that you know this woman like fa- mm-hmm. fell in love with. Yeah. You have to have that that balance and it's so important and you know mental health is is yes. important taking care of yourself and self critique like self criticism. If you're going through, and I had to experience this as a as like a young man too. If you're experiencing relationships and they're all ending the same way, guess what? Same thing Common for women. Denominator, yeah. Same thing for women. I think that's a general statement across the board. Mm-hmm. If you keep doing, what is it? The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and yeah. thinking you're going to get different results. Mm-hmm. If you, if all your relationships end the same way, if you're having the same arguments with the same with different significant others or even different people in your life friends significant others etc you might need to do some self-evaluation because it could be you and when you another cliche line when you're not looking you find that person or that person finds you and i feel like that's very true and i think it's not that when you're not looking it's when you're sound and healthy and happy in yourself Uh that you end up your energy that you're putting out into the world because i'm really big on energy um, that energy you put out into the world gets received. It's like a, it's like the beacon goes off and it clicks with that person right. and that person's ready to like, they're like, oh, that energy matches mine. And the world, the universe just pulls you together. I think that it's more about you just being sound in who you are because if you 
are even the slightest bit unsettled in your identity, that's when you don't make great choices for yourself or you don't know how to support someone else because you're trying to support yourself. Very true. So I think that's, that's my advice. But I think also for young women is sometimes it's okay to just not be right. It's okay. It's okay, Again, y'all. It's okay. It's okay. Right. It's okay, y'all. I promise you. It don't. It doesn't feel right at first. You're kind of like, <laughs> makes you feel weird. It's not right, but it's not worth it mm-hmm. in the long run. Also, I, I will say, um, the people you have around you mm-hmm. is like friends, family. They, you know, you you look to these people as you know, like your go-to people, mm-hmm. and if they're not with you in that next step. Yeah. In your life. Yeah. It's an issue. Yep. You know? So. Um, Make sure your village is strong. Yeah. Yeah. Because th- these are the people that are like going in not just the marriage phase, like kids. Family. Like, you know, and They become important. the aunties for, you know, I mean, in the black culture, we have a lot of aunties who are not aunties by blood. They're always like, I call them black aunties because mm-hmm. it's just like, that's my mom's best friend. That's so-and-so. I have a lot of aunties that are not my auntie, mm-hmm. but I would introduce them to you and say, this is auntie so-and-so. Um, so I feel like you have to know your village and your village has to be strong. And mm-hmm. honestly, another part of being with a significant other is that sometimes you lose people. So the last point, or I guess kind of topic I wanted to hit on that a lot of people don't talk about, and they should, is uh, when you marry somebody, you marry their family. Sure do. Could you, let's uh, just speak in general first, could you go through with marrying me if you didn't get along with my family? Or like just in general, could you marry somebody and not get along with their family? I think there's... Levels to not getting along with somebody. Okay. I feel like if you had a, if I had a, if I had a promise of a monster in law, mm. like your mom was a problem, um, I would have seen that in us dating first off. Okay. So I would have already seen the signs of that. Thank God your mom's not. His mom's amazing. Love her. <laughs> I miss Monica. Um, but I feel like if I had that kind of situation, I'd really have to evaluate how you handle that situation and. Do you support me? Do you have my back? Do you do you play interference? Because mm. that's your mom. Yep. I can't. I'm not Very here to fuck with your mom. And then that's also, I guess, a question for you is if my mom, if she was here, was overbearing or if my dad was always critiquing you, mm-hmm. would you be able to handle that? And I feel like those things are really hard to battle because you have these people who, these positions in another person's life, like a mother and a father who... It's hard to be the person outside saying, like, well, do you see how they do this? Do you see how they're they're kind of unkind here? Mm-hmm. Do you see when she said this? And you're, like, constantly being the person to point out yeah. all the things. And you sometimes you deal with the situation where um, this person whose family member is kind of problematic um, may not see it all the time or has, like, dismissed it and overshadowed it with, that's just who they are, or just accepted mm. it. And so now the outside person is kind of being, like, yo so i think if if i had a crazy mom-in-law or a crazy like dad-in-law type of situation i think we would have to really navigate that and see how you handled it in dating to determine if we could get married but i love your family so i didn't have any issues how about my family my family is um i love your family too okay um but it's it's like a different kind of bond Mm -hmm. and and i know people don't Aren't like aren't lucky enough to get that yeah. bond, but I feel like I I have a good bond with a lot of different members of your family, yeah. and we have our kind of bond. Yes, 
bonds that we don't allow you in. Yes. Like, you know, and, and stuff that's like, fine. Yeah, and that's great because, like it or not, these people are going to be in your life. Yeah, that's your family for, now. Yeah, for a long time. So I love your bond with my sisters. I oh, yeah. love your bond yeah, with my sisters. Shout out to Althea and Jessica. Yo, sometimes I feel left out. Because <laughs> I'm just like, I want to be in the text message I mean, thread. but if you watch The Office or, okay. you know. Well, Jessica doesn't even watch and, The Office. Well, she likes me, me and Jessica Thank talk you. about air okay. fryer and all right. cooking and stuff. So, it's all good. Well, like I was saying, I love that you have that bond with them. But I think it. we talk about this all the time off mm-hmm. camera. But um, it's all about your representative. It's all Very about... True. Who, how you're brought into the family and how the person who's bringing you into the family mm-hmm. interacts or explains to you who people are. Like, I came into your family with an understanding of who everyone was right. and how you respected everyone or how you felt about everyone when I came in. And that is the jumping off point for that person. Like, if, if, I, if I was in my family and I said, you know, you saw... That I didn't really treat somebody yeah, with like as well, not as much as respect, but as important. Yes, yes. Your, your natural yes. inclination, maybe, right? It's like, oh, okay. Would be hey. like, oh, okay. yeah, exactly. Not so like, it is, hey, what's up, yeah, bro? How are it you? It is all about yeah. a representative, and a lot of people don't take that into account, but it's very, very true. Yeah, I feel like even because I didn't notice it as much until you brought me into your family, mm-hmm. but then it made me reflect on how I brought, how I introduced you to my family and not introduced in person, but meaning like telling you about family members, telling you about my aunt Rowena, Mm -hmm. telling you about my sister Althea, telling you about my sister Jessica, really explaining to you like, oh, I have a best friend Ebony, I have a best friend Tina, Mm -hmm. I have my best friend Andrea, like I have all these people in my life, Danielle, you know, like telling you about these different women you would meet, my homegirl Jennifer Mm -hmm. in New York, shout out Jen, Um, but just like explaining to you all these people so that you understood who... And who they were and at who they were in that moment when I met them. The supporting cast. Yes. And mm-hmm. and it just even like how I navigate with them yeah. and how I care about them and how much I cared about them. I could only explain that to you. And I think that you did a really good job with that, with explaining to me the different members of your family because you have two different sides mm-hmm. that really don't come together that often, only right. on big moments. So it was very helpful to know who Ruthie was to you. Mm-hmm. It was very helpful to know who Imani and Ahmad were to you because that's your step side on your dad's side. Mm-hmm. And I had step family, so I understood that dynamic. Um, and it just was really helpful to know, you know, Uncle Greg and Solomon mm-hmm. and who those people are in California. Like, it just, you really did a good job of presenting them. And then you also brought me in and ushered me into your family in a very, I feel, kind and respectful way. Mm-hmm. You you brought me in in a very like, hey guys, I want you to meet this person. She's very important to me. I think she's gonna be very important in my life, but I want her to also interact with you guys to get to know you. And I think you were kind of giving them the sign off on like, she's with me, like I'm cool, I sign off. Like, I, right. I, I, her name's on my list. Mm-hmm. I, I gave her the VIP card. <laughs> um, so if anything happens, it just come to me about right. it. So I think that that for me really made me feel comfortable meeting these people because I wasn't being thrown into the sea, I was kind of, you held my hand at every meeting with these people. You right. introduced me, you you brought up points that could bring me and that person together so we could start a conversation on our own. Um, representative. And that, yeah, and that really, really helped me. You gotta have a representative when you're in a relationship and you're serious about a person. Yeah. You have to have a representative that um, cares about your position in yes. the family enough to 
vouch for you yes. and uh, enough to support you in making sure that people in the family know. Yeah. Because not only will you, you know, look to me to see who's important, my family will look to me yeah. to see how important you, you are. are. Yep. So that's important too. Man. And I think a big part that no one talks about is I'm not arguing with your family. Like mm-hmm. if there's a disagreement when we haven't had kids yet. So I think that that would be the thing that, you know, parenting and mm-hmm. don't feed my child sugar and all those things that come yeah. up. I feel like I don't want to have to disagree with your mom. I don't want to have to disagree with your sister, your steps. I don't want to, I shouldn't have to go back and forth with these people because that's not necessary. Now I can have a conversation with them and say, mm-hmm. Hey, we're not doing this. We're doing that. But if it escalates, that's really for you to come in and either support me and we both talk to them or for you to have that conversation with them because that's your family. You know what I mean? Like, you know, those people, this is something for you to help kind of navigate mm-hmm. with me. And I would feel the same way with my sisters. If my sisters ever, you know, want to go back and forth with you or you guys have a disagreement, I would have to step in and be like, yo, like what happened? Mm-hmm. Chill. This is not what we're going to do. Ah, ah, ah. And I would help I navigate because it's my family. And that's what happens with, I feel like a lot of people is that that representative may not be as, as strong a supporter or yeah. advocate for you. And when then you when you step it. out of it, because then and now that family member hates me for the rest of our life. And now they always have an anger against me. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's not necessary. And it's not for me to have to be necessarily the bad guy always with your right. family. Oh. Because they're going to love you no matter what. They Maybe. family. At this point, everybody prefers Liv in my family than me. I love them so, too. you know. They're like, I feel like I was meant to be a part of your family. I feel like they were, they're exactly like my family. So I feel like, and then you fit so well in my, my little like mm-hmm. group. So it just works out really well. But yeah, family can play, family can make or break you. Because we just lucked out that our families, even bringing them together at the engagement and party. They like each other. They like, like each cool. other. They get along. They even talk without us. Like, my sisters talk to your mother. Mm-hmm. My sisters talk to Ruthie, especially planning all of the weddings of Aunt Rowena. Your mother reaches out to Aunt Rowena mm-hmm. and checks on her. So, because you're building, I think we did a really good job of, like, wanting to establish, like, hey, guys, we need you to come together. Because when we all want to show up to the recitals, we're all going to sit together. The yep. football games, we're all going to wear the jersey. Yep. Like, y'all get ready. Get ready for it. the birthday parties. I'm not doing that, five birthday parties, y'all. I, I think it is to be said that I think the next thing is kids because that's really going to bring yeah. everybody together. Yeah. So that's going to be dope. This, that, this child, what I, what I love is that this child already has a lot of love. Mm-hmm. Surrounding and so many people, y'all. I'm not even. So many people yet. are an, anticipating oh the. Goodness. It's like it's like Simba. Ah, Savinia. But um, we're gonna have to have more of these. I think so. We're gonna have to have more of these because there's there's different topics that we could talk about too. Yeah. That we're we're gonna have to do, but. But well, you didn't say how it feels for you to be married. I love being married. Okay. It's very yeah. It's very. I feel like. You make it very easy. Okay. That's what I was, I was saying earlier. I feel like you make it very easy. Um, you buy me the lunch meat that I that I like, the cold <laughs> the cuts, simple things. And um, yeah, I feel like I'm. We're both very chill. You, you're, you're. I'm, more I'm the fabulous. dramatic. I'm the but, dramatic one. But but I'm you know, fun. and it's very easy. I don't ha- ever have a day. I always say to live. Um, our even our. Worst days are better than yeah. any of my any of my best days with anybody else. So, Dang. yeah, 
couple I of hearts mean, broke out in the world. <laughs> but sorry, sorry, ladies. <laughs> but it's but it's true. So, um, you know, we we always maintain a very like healthy relationship. We check in with each other. Yeah. Uh, we ask, you know, we we celebrate each other's wins, yeah. and that's important, you know, because what people might forget is that you're still growing when you're married you're still like you're you're not the opinions change life is long opinions change and about a lot of stuff so um give your partner that space to grow yeah and thank you for growing with me yes so yeah i don't want to be anywhere else i'm really happy i'm out here living as long as as long as you uh you know buy the craft beer i like and we do tacos and travel the world i'm good Okay, good. So, I can sign up for that. Yeah. So um, this is the, the this is probably the first part of the relationship episode. Next time we might have to pull some people in here. Okay. And we'll have to do some scenarios. Okay. I want to hear from the young singles out here because it's crazy you out here. Singles one. I think we should do some young singles. I want to hear what it's out like out oh. there in these streets. I don't think it's changed much, but we'll find out. Okay. So um, this is the the relationship episode. We'll figure out a nice. You know, I like puns, so we'll figure out a pun name okay. after this. But um, yeah, this is for all we know. Well, thanks for having me swing by. I'm really excited about this new venture of yours. Yes. It's going to be amazing. Yep. I heard about all the other episodes and all the other guests, and I'm mm. really excited to see it all come together. Yeah, it's going to be dope. But, yeah, thanks for being on the show. <laughs> no problem. And you guys know the slogan, be yourself, because everyone else is taken. Bye, guys. <laughs>